Well, hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. Overtime is our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive into the weekend message. Uh, for those of you that have been here before, I'm Ben. That's Gary. Hey. Gary actually was one that was able to share with us this past Sunday as Josh was on vacation. So we're pretty excited. We get to switch things up. Gary's going to be kind of fielding all of our questions. And we do have a couple questions. We always want to encourage you that if you are checking us out live, you can ask us your question. You can interact with us on our four different feeds that we've got going on. Or if you just simply have a question after listening to the message, you can email us overtime at clcfamily.church or even text us. So 610-869-2140. So that's a lot of announcements there. Speaking of announcements, see how I did my own segue there? <laughs> nice. Like I set, I teed myself <laughs> up. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, there is a couple different things that we want to let you know that are happening in and around the life of the church specifically for this week. So as we're recording this, this is June 22nd, which is my brother's birthday, but um, it's wow. June 22nd. And we want to let you know a couple different things that are happening for the June 25th and then June 26th. So that's this Friday and Saturday. So on Friday, we are doing our second of the season, our fourth Friday flicks. And what we're going to be doing is a double feature. So we are going to be showing the 1992 animated version of Aladdin. That'll be at 530 in the church parking lot. And then at 730, we're going to be doing the real life version that was made in 2019, I believe, um, of Aladdin. So double feature of Aladdin this Friday night, 530. And then at 730, we're pretty excited for that. Then on Saturday, the 26th, we've got a pretty big happening that is going to be going on within the life of the church. We're pretty excited for it. You may or may not be aware that we are building an all-inclusion playground, and they started that, that construction actually yesterday. So Monday, the 21st, they started construction. Today, it's, it's raining out, so that kind of halted construction for today. But they have started the work on that, and we're pretty excited that this is phase one. So we've started phase one of the construction. What we're actually doing is a disc golf tournament that is going to help raise funds for parts uh, phase two and three of that construction. So that is this coming Saturday, disc golf tournament. You can be a sponsor. You can be a participant. You can put together a team. You can show up as an individual. There's like kitty courses or kitty tournament that is going to be happening. Uh, there's going to be food. There's going to be inflatables. And it's just all around going to be a great fun time. So fun. whether you are, you know, an avid disc golfer or not, Come on out. It'll be a great time. The event starts, I believe, at 9, I think, is when at least I know the inflatables have to be set up by then. So there'll be inflatables at 9. I'm just letting you know that. Um, but we're pretty excited for that. And then the, the other thing that I'll just point to, which is in a couple weeks, is that Oxford Main Street Incorporated is starting their first Fridays once again. So their first Friday in downtown Oxford, where they're just kind of encouraging people to come out to the local businesses and to be able to support them. We as the Christian Life Center are going to be actually doing some kids programming with carnival games. We're going to have inflatable setup. We're also going to try and do a three-hole disc golf course that's kind of in the middle or one of the parking lots of downtown Oxford. So we are looking for help for that. So that's again on July 2nd. The event goes from five to eight, but anywhere anywhere from four to nine, we're looking for help. So if you're interested in signing up, you can go to our website, clcfamily.church slash signups and fill out the sign up genius if you want to be a part of that. So that's kind of all the announcements. Um, and at this point, we usually do like a recap. And I usually go, Josh, do you want to give us a recap? And he goes, no, I don't. What if I don't want to? Actually, I don't know what he says because I never pay any attention. But would you like to give us a recap of what we talked about this Sunday? Sure, I'd be glad to. So basically on Sunday, what we talked about was sort of this whole primer of prayer. Like yeah. sort of looking at, um, you know, what is prayer all about? Um, did a lot of talking about, you know, it being a conversation with God, that prayer is really God inviting us into communication and communion with God, all that kind of thing. So it was a lot of fun, really appreciated the opportunity to, to be a part of that. And, uh, but I think also, you know, just, just sort of unpacking and thinking again about prayer and, and why is it we're being called to that? Like, yeah. what is it that God really, what, what is that relationship about? Why, why do we have an opportunity to pray? How does God enter into that with us? I think it's just really important. Yeah. And as we jumped into this, this is week three of the better series, That's right? right? Yeah. And, and for each week, it's um, kind of a this or that. What was this week's kind of choosing this over that? So, yeah. So we were talking about um, 
um, prayer instead of performance. Yeah, right. And so uh, again, that and I think I, I identify that with that because yeah. I try to perform all the time. Oh, me so, too. So you know, to actually get away and pray and sort of focus on God and and realize again that God values that relationship with yeah. us, that whole conversation and communion with us. Uh, that was really helpful for me because I I just want to get in and do things and you know accomplish stuff and make it happen and yeah um, and that that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm the same way. So I I feel like if there's a default between the two, I, I know that my leaning and my inclination is not towards prayer; it's towards performance, right? right like right. I even read today, and I think Josh has even mentioned that I read in a devotional that I was doing, like you know when we pray we should pray in such a way that it's all up to god but when we work we should work in such a way that it's all up to us right and and i'm not sure i think that josh might have a different opinion on that and i feel like probably hearing him say that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because i, I want to leave room for the work of the holy spirit but man I, I as a default i feel like that's what i do yeah. is that i act like it's about me being able to accomplish and get this done and and go for it. So uh, I feel like I want to do a little bit deeper dive into prayer. And some of this, uh, what we always encourage you to do as the listeners, um, whether you're catching this live or you're viewing this later, always go back and listen to that message first and foremost. So that's kind of the, the starting point, if you will. And then we call it overtime because this is kind of the additional right. thoughts on that. So right. I want to encourage you to do that. But I want to dive in and maybe we review some of that as we go through this. But really kind of tackle or work through kind of this idea and this thought of prayer and how do we do that? How do we make sure that we're choosing prayer over performance? And then even how do we get into the application of that? What does that look like on a day-to-day? -day? So as we looked in into that, you kind of started to explain a little bit of what prayer is and kind of the importance of it. Is there anything in that that you wanted to additionally cover or talk or work through in that? Well, I think that, you know, one of the things that's interesting about prayer is that it's, um, and, and Foster sort of said this, that it's a uniquely human activity. Like, yeah. And he talked about how there's no other part of creation, um, no other being that's been created that actually um, has the opportunity to talk to God. But right, we do. Right. So I thought that was pretty significant that um, we're actually offered this opportunity by God to be in conversation with God. And um, and to be in with our Redeemer and our Maker, and so yeah. I, I felt like that was good. I think you know that a lot of it, um, as we work through the Lord's Prayer, you know, you can see um, you can see the difference of how it is that God was reaching out. And and yeah. I one of the things that's interesting, Ben. I don't know if this is maybe I'm getting ahead of us, but you know, it's now we can go in any order we want. <laughs> okay, good. So you know, Matthew's prayer um, and Luke's prayer are similar, except that Matthew's yeah. is longer. And that right. was that was interesting to think about. Like, um, and so Luke gives sort of a boiled down version of the prayer. Yeah. And, and again, part of that was because Luke's audience, and we talked about this, like Josh has talked about the investigative journalist, right? That right. Luke is really writing. Um, he's writing to Gentiles, um, and and Luke goes from being somebody who's sort of along for the ride to actually where he then begins to see himself as part of the group. So there's some yeah. kind of a conversion or something that happens with Luke in the midst of that as well. But one of the things that happens is they, um, as he's going along with this, he starts to join into the band and see, you know, how, how God is working and working yeah. in him. And, um, and I think that's a lot of it. Like, I think, you know, prayer is this invitation into this relationship with God that, um, that we weren't sure we were invited into. And yet at the same time, God's like, yeah, come on, let's go. And, um, and I think, you know, there's some perplexities to that. There's some, there's some good parts of that. There's some parts that we don't quite totally understand. But um, one of the things that, you know, came out in the sermon was that, um, you know, when we pray, uh, we are trusting that God will do the things that God's, yeah. you know, saying God will do. And so, I think it's a it's a step of faith for us as yeah. well. And just a reminder, I'm sure that if you're watching this, you probably already know this, but uh, this better series is wrapped in our bigger series, which we're working through the book of Luke. Yeah. So we have been for a little bit over, or coming up on a year um, that we've been working through it. We're at Luke chapter 11, and Luke wrote these things so that we would be certain, like the, the person that he was writing to would be certain of the gospel. But also, yeah. while Luke was writing to a specific individual, 
the Theophilus. I almost said his name wrong, but Theophilus. It also applies to us, right? So that we would have certainty yeah. of the things that we've been taught. So as we look at that and as we get to it, like, so the Lord's Prayer is pretty well known, right? Most yeah. Christians yeah. are aware of that. Most of them can probably say it. This is the Lord's Prayer, but like you said, it's a shortened, condensed version. Yeah. And so I think you had said on Sunday that um, basically it, Luke was thinking about his audience. He's talking right, to right. people who... Um, it's interesting because Jesus here is talking to his disciples. Mm -hmm. His disciples would have known about prayer. Like that yeah. wouldn't have been something that was new or this like weird concept to them. But as Luke is writing this, Luke is writing it to people that may not have a great understanding yeah, of that's prayer. Right. So I didn't know if there was anything more to dive yeah. into or talk about in that. Yeah, I think so. So Matthew's audience is really um, the Jewish people. Yeah. But Luke's audience is the Gentiles. And so right. um, so one of the things I you know, was dealing with was that, um, you know, when Matthew's writing, he's probably writing to people who need to discover a new form of prayer. Like mm. they need to. But Luke is writing to people that maybe have never prayed before. So. You know, if, if you've never prayed or you've, you know, find prayer to be a struggle, you know, yeah. you sort of identify with Luke and the Gentile, you know, group that was following him and, and traveling along with him. And so, so anyway, I think that's a, a great point too. So, yeah. So I just, I was pulling up the text just a minute ago. And again, if you're live watching this, thanks for joining us. Feel free to, to write your questions in the chat feature um, on our website. We do have a question that was submitted to us that I do want to get to. Um, in a little bit, but I just want to work through this. Um, so starting in the text, really all we did was cover four verses this week, yeah, right? That's and, right. <laughs> and this is part of the reason why it's been almost a year that we've been going through it. And we're in chapter 11. Like yeah. we're taking our time. We're really diving deep into it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so we covered four verses of chapter 11 and it starts off in verse one. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Um, I'm curious if there's any significance to that, like in your study, if you came across or if it's just Luke, it, it doesn't matter. Luke didn't record the details because it it really takes the focus of the emphasis away. Well, I think that I think the key to that is that um, that Jesus was actually modeling prayer. So yeah. one of the things that they picked up on yeah. was that Jesus was actually showing them and, and modeling yeah. for them what how they prayed. And then the thing that's interesting about that too is that that leads them to the question. Yeah, right. But, so that's exactly it. So it's the first sentence. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and then it says. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, yeah. um, just as John taught his disciples. So I, I feel like even in that that question, um, and I think you did you did talk about this on Sunday of kind of this sincere question or response. But also, as I look at it, it's there's this comparison there that I don't know is that a dangerous comparison or not. Almost like disciples are supposed to learn how to pray. So Jesus teaches to pray just like John taught his disciples yeah, to pray, yeah. so that we can pray better than John's disciples. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just my reading into it. But well, uh, I think that I think the bottom line is that Jesus has modeled prayer enough that they're now getting the picture that yeah. that they're actually invited into this kind of prayer. And and I do think um, I mean I think it's interesting because. Um, the disciples, and this is one of the things I said in the sermon, was the disciples would have actually understood prayer. I mean, yeah. they they would have known more about it than they took they yeah. took on or, or pretended they did. Because you know, one of the things that happened is they were going to synagogue and they would pray at synagogue, and yeah. you know, there were all these different places they actually were praying. So mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a, a misnomer. I mean, they they actually understood prayer more than they let on, but you know, they're looking for I guess a fresh way of approaching yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense because I feel like I always need to be retaught the things that I already know. Yeah, right. right. Like I taking agree. a fresh look at that. I agree. Um, especially if Jesus is my rabbi, right? right. Like if I'm following Jesus, yeah. like this is my my master. This is who I want to emulate. So therefore, it would make sense that question of going, you teach us how we should do it because yeah, they they were the disciples of Jesus. So That's right. I, I guess exactly. that makes sense. Yeah, though. yeah. Um, and so Jesus's response to this, and it's interesting, at least Luke, he doesn't record anything more. He just says to them, right? Like, it's not like Jesus sat him down and he said, okay, you've got to do X, Y, and Z. And before you go to prayer, he just said, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Um, and I'm just going to read through the end and that way sure, we've sure. kind of already done it. So, so this is verse two into three, your kingdom come, verse three. 
Give us each day our daily bread. And verse 4, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So there is, again, if you're used to the Lord's Prayer, this is a very abridged yeah, version, right? Yeah, like this, is, this is very much less. And I guess even that question, it, so Matthew's gospel versus Luke's gospel, did did Luke just omit this? Did he just not put all of that in there? Or is it two different accounts? Did Jesus teach multiple times? What, what, any idea what that looks like? Yeah, I, well, so there's a there's a kind of um, critical theory called um, redaction criticism, Okay. which is interesting. Now, you have to be careful with that stuff, because whenever you get into these kinds of critical theories, yeah, yeah. one of the things they do is they oftentimes undermine the value of right. Scripture, which right. you don't want to go there. But, but as a redactionist, what happens is when you find the simplest forms of something, you usually think, okay, that is specifically what the prayer was really about. So yeah, in yeah. this version with Luke, you know, one of the things that they would say is that this is probably the most original, but Matthew okay. then added to it, which we see because Matthew's version is a little bit longer. Right, right. And, um, and also, you know, you, you notice that it, it omits all the rest of it. Like, right, for right. thine is the kingdom and yep. the glory and the power forever and ever. And yeah. they actually believe that um, somewhere, and I can't remember exactly how this is, so I may get it wrong, but something in like in the second century or something like that, they actually um, began to assign that ending to the Lord's Prayer okay. as a way of ending it. So like if okay. you're at church, you might actually hear, you know, if somebody's praying the Lord's Prayer, you might hear that doxological yeah, okay. ending on right, it. Right, right. Right. But um, but that's not actually in the text. So mm. it was just a, it was applied later. Yeah, I do think uh, to your exact point, I think that we have to look at Scripture and go, hey, this is inspired word of yeah, God. Right. That's like, right. That's right. I, I think if you're trying to look for like, oh, nitpick, like, OK, I'm going to find what's wrong. Like, yeah. yeah, I think that that maybe you should probably change your approach to that. But just understand that this was. Yes, it was written by men, but it was inspired and authored by the Holy Spirit. That's so right, exactly. the Holy Spirit yeah. was together in bringing these books together. And that's what why we believe that the, the Word of God is the inspired text of God, right? Like, Amen. Yes, he used yep. fallible humans, but he is infallible and used all of these things to bring it together. And so we believe yeah. that he was in that. So, and, and even textual criticism in its best points um, like, for example, when you or, when you actually open up your, um, you know, whatever Bible translation you use, yeah. you're you're finding in that a, a reliable text yeah. um, because there's been so much research that's gone into that. And scholars over the years have made gone back and made sure that yeah. what it says, like in our English versions, is actually accurate. So I think, you know, we, we've got to trust that um, that English yeah. version that we hold in our hands because that's part of, you know, God, that's God's word to us. Yeah, so in that, so we just read, you know, uh, I'll just read it again. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not in temptation. Like, yeah. what is that? Five sentences? Like, it's yeah. five lines, maybe? It's really quick. What is, I feel like, I don't, I don't know if this is fair to do, but I'm going to ask. Um, <laughs> so what is Jesus saying in this? Like, can we boil this down to what do we need to understand? Like, how do we pray? What is, is there an oversimplified version of what Jesus said here that we can kind of take and learn from? Yeah. Well, I would say that if you, if you did break it down sort of textually, what you have to begin with is you have what they call sort of the thou petitions. And those mm. are the things about, you know, um, uh, you know, not the, not the give me so much your daily bread, but rather, um, you know, hallowed be thy name, Father. Yeah. Um, all those things are really important. Um, when you get to the next part, then you have what they call the we petitions, which is actually where we're invited in. And mm. then we're allowed and, and, and invited by God to actually name the things that are concerns to us. Mm. And I think it's interesting. So, you know, in thou, it's, you know, hallowed be thy name. Um, how or, um, you know, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the we petitions and just give us our daily bread, forgive us our sins. I mean, like yeah, that's yeah. a big one, you know. Um, and, the, and so we find in this, I think, a good balance. And so the Lord's Prayer is about um, not just about us. It's also about God. Yeah. Um, it's willing and wanting God's will to be done. Uh, but we're also included into that, which I think is really important for us to understand. Yeah, and as I'm as you're you're speaking and I'm looking at this text, um, 
and honestly, if you if you covered this on Sunday, maybe this is your thought. I'm just thinking that it's my thought. But but is there significance? Like it seems like you first start prayer by by setting your face, your thoughts, your heart towards God. Like hallowed be your name. You are holy. Like kind of taking the focus off of me and my requests and what I want. And just kind of setting that aside to at least first kind of declare that he's holy and would his kingdom come to be yeah. like it, So I don't know. Did you speak on that on Sunday? Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm just hearing that or seeing that. Yeah. Um, well, I think um, I mean, I, I think it's true what yeah. you said. I mean, like, I think, um, you know, it's it's really um, the way that Jesus starts the Lord's Prayer. In fact, both versions, really. Yeah. It starts with, you know, recognizing God and yeah. saying, hey, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. I I'm not just here to please myself. It's it's yeah. much later that those we petitions come in. Right. So, right. So I think that that's um, I think that's a, a good model for us. And remember, yeah. this is Jesus's model prayer. Right? Yeah, right. So I do think there is really something important about not just starting with my stuff. Now, let me let me say, too, that but God at the same time welcomes, you know, my own concern, right? right, right? Like, right. you know, God God wants to know what's on my heart. And um, and that's where Foster, I think, when he was talking about simple prayer, he sort of came in and said, Hey, you know, don't try to don't try to smooth God over or don't try to mm. make it sound better than it is. I mean, be honest in your prayers. And I yeah. that's one thing. I think, you know, when you read through um prayer passages, you'll see that you know, Jesus will call people hypocrites because they're not really praying. Yeah, yeah. They're really trying to please people. They're standing in the marketplace and they're giving yeah. these really grandiose kinds of prayers, right, right. but they're not really um, connecting with God. And so mm. I think that's the, the piece we need to be careful of. Like, yeah. we're not trying to impress God with this. We're, right, we're right. actually entering into this wonderful relationship that God's already invited us into. Yeah. Um, and that's where prayer becomes really important and foundational for us. Yeah, I, I feel like that's that's really good uh, because it is about the relationship. Like as I see this model, yeah, I feel like those we like the requests are like the last thing. So it's kind of giving praise and glory to God and then asking for what is needed, not what is wanted, but what is needed. Give yeah. us our daily bread, which I, I do want to get to that at some point. And then forgiving, then repentance, forgive us of our sins, that we also forgive those and lead us not. Like, so it's that those we requests yeah. become towards the end. And I think that's significant, but it doesn't, doesn't say, uh, it doesn't mean uh, like, as you were, you were speaking, one of the two examples I thought of was David, right? As you read through the Psalms, there is Psalms of lament and mourning. And, and it doesn't, I don't think he always follows the pattern and he is pretty good at following a pattern, but like, I don't think he always follows the pattern of going, okay, I'm going to give praise and now I'm going to present requests. Yeah. And then the other example I thought of was lamenta lamentations, yes, right? Like that's right. Absolutely. that, that yeah. is, there is not much like give praise right. and glory to God. It's more, let me lament. That's yeah. why it's called lamentations. That's right. Yeah. Um, so it's not, that okay if here's the strict rules that you've got to do this but i think it is about that relationship and and putting aside the i want to look good in front of others and yeah. i want to sound really sophisticated in my prayers and uh, i've got a it's not a performance it's it's a relationship that's right and so, exactly yeah so and that's why you you the choosing prayer over performance like yeah, that's where that's it right. fits so perfectly back in it's not about let me perform in my prayers even yeah it's let me choose prayer and relationship yeah. over my performance. Yeah. So the um, it's interesting because lament itself, and this is one of the things that I'd studied quite a bit a while ago. And then actually we just did a class on lament oh, okay. um, uh, in the Cal classes. Oh, and, yeah, um, yeah. But one of the things that's true is lament actually has a form. Like yeah. it starts off with, that's right. where are you, God? Did you leave me? Are you still not listening yeah. to me? You know, where have you gone? Um, and then, but what happens is as you go through the lament, eventually the psalmist says, but God, I have trusted you in the past and I will yeah. trust you now. And so there's a whole sense of this complaint that comes out, but then, yeah. then the psalmist begins to have a change of heart. And I think one of the things we don't understand about prayer is that, um, you know, we think we have to somehow impress God or be, you yeah. know, more for God or that somehow, you know, God, we need to somehow manipulate God and what we don't realize is that that God's actually already for us and is able to enter into whatever pain and sorrow we're experiencing. 
and wants to be there right with us yeah. uh, and lead us through that. So I think that's really important for us to get um, that um, that God is actually in the midst of all that with yeah. us. Yeah, I, I feel like I am completely off of notes. Like I tried to take some notes and like <laughs> go in a certain order. I, I don't know. I'm just that's enjoying. Okay. I'm worry. enjoying the conversation. <laughs> um, one of the things that I'm just doing this off of memory was you. You took some time to explain verse three, give us each day our daily bread, like our yeah. need. Yeah. Was there anything more in that? Like, I, I think I'm trying to recall, right. honestly, my question. So yeah. is there more in that that you wanted to talk through about the daily bread part of that and what that signifies even within the prayer? Yeah, so I think um, the main thing it's really saying is, you know, God, whatever it is I need, I really am trusting that you will provide that. And yeah, so, right. so the reality is that, um, that, that daily bread, you know, may seem sort of insignificant, but, yeah. but it means that God actually cares about our daily sustenance. Like God yeah. actually wants to provide for us the things that we need. And I, I think that's really important for us to understand. Yeah. Um, in fact, and one of the things I said was that, um, when we really boil it down, we don't need that much. Like, yeah. I mean, and I, I thought that was a good insight. It helped me at least thinking about, you know, what is it I actually need? Because I think we sometimes, like you said earlier, we get sort of our needs and our wants sort of mixed yeah, up, for sure. right? And so we think, gosh, I need all this stuff, but yeah. maybe that's more of a want. And so I think that this, the Lord's Prayer actually helps us to sort of sift through that kind of thing to yeah. decide, you know, what it is we really need and, and yeah. where God really is in that. And and again, I think, you know, the the main driving point in this to me is always that you know, we're invited into this life of prayer by God, that God actually wants to have that kind of communion with us. And so, you know, that's a privileged place for us to be. Yeah, I, I am trying to look over some of the notes that I have, like a couple things that you had said is that uh, the Lord's Prayer is communal, it's experiential, yeah. and we're invited to move into a moment of praise and petition. Um, and then one of the points that you made, and I thought that this was good, and maybe uh, if you want to share any additional thoughts on this, it's uh, prayer is not about us. It's about God. It's about God's willingness to be in a relationship with us. And I, I feel like, and I, I do have kind of a question that I'm I'm maybe leading us to, but man, I, I feel like that's so good because I think many times that I feel like I need to pray more. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I need to spend time communing with Jesus and that I get the opportunity. It's more like, no, I just, it's a requirement that I should do. Right. Like as a Christian, I'm supposed to pray. So therefore I should pray. Right. Like there's this, almost this desire, this need to be like, OK, I just know that I'm supposed to do that. But but even that, that's a selfish me. I'm doing it because I think I need to do it rather than I get the opportunity to come before God yeah. that I, I've tried to be mindful of. Like every time I close my my eyes now, especially uh, honestly, on Tuesday mornings at a staff meeting, we we open with prayer, yeah, and I feel like yeah. that's one of the times where I'm just I'm just mindful that people don't get the I get paid to pray, <laughs> right? Yeah, like so, yeah. in that moment, I'm going, right. man, I get this opportunity to just pause the day and just talk to my heavenly Father, and He desires yeah. for that. He wants to be in relationship, and so. I don't think I always do a great job of that, but there is times where I try to be mindful of the fact that I get this opportunity. Yeah. And I think it's so beautiful that God is willing to be in a relationship with us. I do too. The whole point about being communal, I think, is that once you once you actually identify God as Father, um, it makes you a part of this larger family. Yeah. And I think that that's really important for us to realize too, because... You know, it's not just us as individuals. We're actually we're actually part of the followers of Jesus who are trying to, you know, bring God's will to bear in this world. And so so I like that thought, too, because it really yeah. is a call back to who we're really supposed to be and how God wants to work through us. And so, you know, when we pray your kingdom come, you know, we're, we're really saying, hey, God, you know, let things be the way that you want them. We want to enter into that. And then that leads us into the second part, which is more about, you know, what we need and that kind of thing as well. Yeah. So I feel like this is a question that I'm going to try and bridge okay. to. I'm not sure if it'll be a perfect bridge or not. We'll just yeah. jump into this. Yeah, but, sure. but one of the things that we talked about and even now we're bringing up, the whole idea is that prayer really isn't about us. It's not necessarily about us bringing our needs and requests, because also if we serve a sovereign God, he already knows our needs and requests yeah, right. long before we even ask them. So it almost brings up this thought of going, well, then why do I pray mm -hmm. 
should I even pray for specific needs? So uh, let me just read kind of the, this, uh, this question. I'm going to read it in part from one of our listeners. It says, as a relatively uh, immature Christian, I still don't fully understand prayer. I realize that prayer should be a conversation with God, but the thought of asking God for anything seems both silly and a waste of time and kind of goes on to ask a question of going, if I'm praying for something that seems like this would be what God would want. So an example is um, maybe if you have a, a son or a daughter that is far from Christ, right? right. Like w- we don't think or believe that praying that they come to know Christ as Lord and Savior, that's not a wasted prayer, right? That's right. not something that Jesus wouldn't dislike or or somebody that's going through a divorce that they're struggling, like they're praying for restoration of that relationship. But if it doesn't seem to happen, like so, so when you're praying for hard or difficult things and it doesn't seem to be, answered. But if God already knows that, should should we even pray for that? And kind of, uh, I'll read the last part of this question too. So it's kind of a long question. Sorry, yeah, you're going to have okay. to yeah. try and remember all of this. Um, and so the question kind of goes, so why ask God for anything other than wisdom and understanding? He knows what is best for me and will provide it to me no matter how many people pray for whatever's happening in my life. Why ask to save a relative uh, of cancer? Why ask to end a war? Why ask to quiet the dog down the street so I can sleep at night? Um, how can our prayer change the world when we know that God has already decided what we need and will provide it to us? Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I feel like that's a fair and valid question as we're going, hey, prayer is not really about us. It's about God having a relationship with us. So any thoughts to that? I feel like I have thoughts, but I'm very yeah. curious yours. Well, I think that I think that in a way um, the writer sort of answered his own question because yeah. I think the reality is that actually, yeah, God already knows, and 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 this is where the trust piece comes in. Like I I bring my life before God and I lay it right before God and say, Hey God, I need your help. Like yeah. I I need you to show up. I need you to do what needs to be done. But then part of my, um, you know, part of what I need to do is I need to also trust that God's going to be working in that. So, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, sovereignty and all that kind of thing, you know, part of what we're doing is actually trusting that God actually knows better. And even if it leads to um, an outcome that we were hoping wouldn't happen, which I think that's a big piece. Like, you know, so, you know, I I think I told you guys before, told you, Ben, um, you know, one time I was talking with a guy and. Um, I was telling him that, um, you know, I was really sorry I'd been praying for him, but he he was on his deathbed. He was Mm. basically dying. And I said, you know, I'm really sorry. I was praying for healing for you. And, you know, and here you are, you're still dying. And um, and he said, well, he goes, but you don't understand. He said, you know, I haven't talked to my son in 15 years and I Mm. actually just talked to him the other day and now we're good. Mm. And he said, so that's what I've been praying for. Mm. So I think, again, um, you know, no, we don't always get everything. It's not like a, a you know, Aladdin's lamp. We, yeah. you know, stroke that and all of a sudden God comes out and does what we want. That's not how prayer <laughs> works. Um, but at the same time, we are invited into this relationship with God, who's a father, yeah, who wants to walk with us, wants to be with us and wants to lead us through whatever it is we're facing. Yeah. And I, I think that that's really important. We, we've got to remember that compassion part of that, that, yeah. that God is actually there with us and, um, and that God's not going to ever leave us nor forsake us. I mean, that's yeah. a really important part. And, and no, we don't always get what we're hoping for. It doesn't always happen the way we think it would, but, but we might discover in that also that there's something deeper God's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and as hard as that is, um, there's some truth to that because God's yeah. going to do what is best for us in the long run. And, and so part of it is even just believing that, that yeah. I know, God, you have my best at heart and um, I'm going to trust you in the midst of that, even yeah. as hard as that may be to do. Yeah, I, I feel like that's so good that I think that sometimes in prayer and, and I'll say prayer in the sense that we are setting our focus towards God, not prayer in the sense of I'm rubbing the lamp and I'm just asking for this. Like, yeah. I think different thoughts of of prayer when I can actually go before the Father, I can present my requests, plead with him in an earnest relationship. Like I think prayer has a way of changing everything even when nothing changes. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, I agree. it has a way of reshaping my thoughts and re reimagining what can be or just maybe even being more alert and sensitive to the fact that God is at work in my life. Yeah it may not be the outcome that I desire. Like, yeah. I feel like as, as you're sharing that, I'm just thinking, you know, as my wife and I experienced a miscarriage in 2018, like that was, that was 
both the worst and in a weird way because of the presence of God in our lives. Like that was also the best time yeah. ever. Like his presence was so near and we experienced that in the midst of the hardship. Like, and I think that's what prayer almost does is that it, it change has a way of possibly changing everything, even if nothing changes. So yeah, I'm with you. in a weird way, yes, it has nothing to do with us, but yet we reap the benefit. Yeah, of it because right. yeah. we have a father that is willing to engage in relationship with us as we engage in that man there's a peace that transcends understanding that can come from that exactly and that's that's the thing we want right yeah I mean, like i i think you know it's not at the end of the day we want to know that we were present with god god was present with us yeah you know it's not so much that we get our way but but it's that peace we're longing for. Like yeah. that's the thing that God brings that we can't bring ourselves. Yes, yeah, right. For sure. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. Good. So I feel like that, I don't know. I almost feel like as we're talking, it feels like for many, including myself, like I feel like I'm back and forth, right? Like so I can just share a, a pretty deep thought, but then two minutes from now I can be like, oh man, I've got to remind myself of that, right? Like yeah, right, I'm right. the choir and I need to be preached to all the time. Like not yeah. just sometime, all the time. I need to be reminded. But it feels like there's almost this different thought mentality that we have to go into prayer with. That prayer is about my connection with the Father, not my pre presenting of needs and wants and requests. Because uh, one of the questions that I feel like I wrote down somewhere, we're so yeah. far off notes, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> One of the questions that I had written down was like, how do you not get discouraged when the things that you're praying for aren't answered? Because that happens quite a bit. And it's, yeah. again, especially when it's something good that you're praying for. And you know that this would be what God would want or you assume because it falls in line with scripture. And why else wouldn't God want it? But I think even that is changing our thought of going, prayer is about me being able to be in fellowship and relationship with the Father. And yes, I get to present my my requests and my needs and my wants, but that's secondary to my relationship and my connection with the Father. Would you agree, yeah. disagree? Yeah, I don't want to I, I don't want to re-preach your Well, I guess no. I already am. Uh, no, I Sorry. agree. I agree. I think I think the thing that happens is um you know, we're invited into this relationship by yeah. God. Um, God is in the midst of that working with us. And and when we don't necessarily get the things that we want, it doesn't mean that God's done with us yeah. because God's going to bring us where we need to be in that next season of life. And yeah. so, so again, like, like today, you know, the person who had the questions, you know, right today, you're thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, how in the world am I going to ever, you know, recover from this? But hmm. the real question is, well, what will life look like for you in a year or maybe two years? And, you know, and again, it's hard because yeah. we don't want to have that long view. We want to be able to get everything sort of tied together and taken care of right now. But the reality <laughs> is that that God is actually looking at our lives on the longer view. Yeah. And um, and is with us in the midst of it. So um, so, again, I think recognizing God's goodness and grace. Yeah. Um, in fact, one thing I would say, too, is that. Um, you know, and I don't think I even talked about this in the sermon, but, you know, actually being able to be grateful, like what are the things we're grateful for? That's something to grab a yeah. hold of and just say, you know, God, thank you that today I woke up. <laughs> I woke up, period. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Thank you that today I was able to eat a meal. You know, thank you that today um, you're with me, even if I don't feel your presence right now. I know you're here. Just that kind of stuff becomes really important. Yeah, I feel like as a testimony of what God is doing and I. Uh, I don't, sorry if this seems selfish to share it, but um, it just brought to memory. Um, uh, so for a close to a year, my wife and I, it ended in May. We were foster parents, um, mm -hmm. had a awesome young lady that was with us, um, but had a lot of challenges in that. And there was a lot of frustration with the foster care system, even with maybe the, um, the, the, um, um, yeah, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The, it's the agency that we went right, through. Right, right, so right. we had some issues there. And um, man, it, honestly, it, it was challenging. It was probably one of the hardest things of my life. Um, it was just a very long season, a very difficult season. One that my wife and I felt like God had called us into. Yeah. And then as we're in it, we're going, God, why in the world did you call us into this? Because this is pretty bad. This is not a good situation. There's, there's additional services that she needs that she can't get. Um, and we're fighting to try and get those, but it's not working and it's not happening. Long story short is we were we were kind of done. We were ready to be done. 
but the main reason why she moved on was because we couldn't get her additional services that then the county finally after a certain amount of time was able to get to her but it would there was just no way that we could continue to do that and yeah. I, I just the relationship was was tough because it felt like nothing we did made an impact on her life and i even had those thoughts of going you know and everybody always wants to say, you don't know what difference that's making in light of eternity. Right, you don't right, know right, right, what's right. going to happen in yeah. two or three years. And frankly, I was in such a, a tough spot that I was going, you don't know this, this relationship. You don't know how tumultuous it was. And I really struggled with that even after the placement ended. I'm just struggling with trying to find what God was doing in it to try and find the lesson. And I was really, really looking hard because I believe that God was good, but I also believe that the situation was not Right, right. And so I was trying to find the good in it. And honestly, I couldn't. And uh, people would tell me, like, you just don't know. You just don't know. And I was pretty cynical and going, no, you just don't understand. And I feel like I thank, thank God that I got to a place where I was able to just go, you know what? It doesn't matter if I don't ever get a, an answer. I know that God is still good, even if that situation was the worst that I'll ever experience. And I'll never be able to find a good reason as to why it happened. Well, fast forward like three weeks from there, we were contacted by our, our previous foster daughter and she like is wanting to visit us and we like had lost all contact with her um, just as she's moved around and, and was put into dis different um, facilities and trying to get the help that she needs. And it's, it was, I feel like I had to eat all of the words that I had said because <laughs> here it is, not even like a year removed from the situation, feeling that it was so terrible and going, and God, you can redeem it. Yeah. And right. I think that that's just, we don't always know what God is doing. Now, I don't want to give false hope. Your situation, I don't know. Maybe God doesn't redeem it. Maybe he doesn't change your scenario, but he's still at work and he's still good. And I feel like those are the two things that you can cling to is that he's still at work and he's still a good father. Yeah. So I don't know if, I don't know if, I, I want to say that I feel like that was a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully that connects and talks to somebody that's listening, I hope. Yeah. Um, if not, thanks for listening and stick, sticking around anyway. So <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Um, kind of jumping back into this, one of the things that you'd said as we, we get to kind of the last of that. So uh, verse four says, forgive us our sins um, as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And then it ends with, lead us not into temptation. Yeah. And I felt like your take on that was, was really good. And I think it's worth maybe mentioning again, you had talked about temptation and what what that actually looks like for us. Like, so do, is there anything more that you wanted to, what does it look like for temptation? Obviously, I think that we probably know, like, I wanna do this, but when we don't trust God, what you talked about specifically how that has an impact, like that's what our temptation is, is to simply not trusting God. So is there anything more that you wanted to share in that? Yeah, I think that, I think that Foster, well, I, I guess the main thing I would say is that um, when we're feeling tempted, one of the things that we should do is actually bring that right to God, yeah. which which is weird because we don't really want to do that. We really want to sort of hide it, right? Yeah. Like I, you know, if I'm if I'm struggling with some kind of sin or something like that, but Foster actually says, Richard Foster actually says, no, you should bring that right to God and yeah. just be honest, just yeah. lay it before God and say, hey, here is who I am, and and I think that that goes back that begs the question again about what does it mean to be authentic in prayer. Because if we're if we're sort of hiding things or if we're trying to sound like we're more holy than we are or we're yeah. playing the game or whatever that is, <laughs> you know, we're um, we're not really connecting with God in the way we should. So Foster says, hey, even when you're tempted, just bring that to God, be authentic, lay it out there, um, let God deal with it. And I, I thought that was a really good, yeah. you know, that was a good thing to do, um, because, again, what we do is we want to hide all that we want to. We want to sort of sweep it behind us, act like it's not really happening, yeah. you know, and, and in doing that, we're not being authentic with God. Right. And I right. think that's the danger. So right. the thing that we're invited into is a really authentic relationship with God. Yeah. And if we um, if we're somehow, you know, going around that, then we're, we're going to get in trouble, yeah. even more trouble. Yeah. And what's amazing is that that's OK. Right. Like yeah. We can yeah. do that Yeah. on Sunday of all mornings. Right. Like I, I work for a church. Right. So I'm at the church here setting up for service. And I literally found myself getting mad at a situation like 
and honestly, the situation was mostly in my head, right? Like, so it's me imagining things and I found myself getting worked up and I just, there was a moment where I got to go, okay, God, I'm, I'm getting worked up and nothing and I'm getting worked and I don't want to do that. And uh, I think that there, it requires brute honesty because I feel like in that there was a confession and I was able to let it go yeah. after going, God, I, I recognize I'm getting worked up and I'm not really sure why, um, but uh, I'm starting to feel feelings and I don't, think that these feelings are of you. So Lord, I just want to release that to you. That's good. And, yeah. and it helps like, and it doesn't mean that it wasn't like a switch. Like I was, I was bad and then I was good. I think that there was a, a little bit of time, like just going, okay, relax. But I think even part of it was recognizing it in me and then bringing it to God. Yeah, that's um, good. Just spending some time. I like that. Prayer. I like that. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if there's anything, honestly, I, didn't have good notes. Like we're just <laughs> everywhere, as I mentioned, like three times. Already. It's all good. It's but all I do good. want to talk through the action steps. Like how, how do we get better at prayer? How do we get better? Maybe it's spending time. We're creating margin yeah. in doing that. So I wanted to talk through maybe some of the action steps that you had from the message and, and play that out maybe a little bit more. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So I think that, you know, there's, you know, realizing we're in, we're invited by God into this, yeah. you know, prayer relationship. I think that, you know, some of the action steps are things like um, to begin praying the Lord's Prayer. Actually, yeah, yeah. if it is a model prayer, which it is, yeah. you know, then maybe you begin by sort of dividing that up and saying, you know, okay, God, here I am. I'm going to start off by really recognizing who you are, your mm -hmm. father, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done, all that kind of stuff. And then going more into the the things we need there. There's an old um, acronym called ACTS, which okay. adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You know, what happens is we oftentimes bring our supplications, you know, the needs, we bring that first. Yeah. And um, but actually this turns it around and says, no, actually, in fact, the Acts model says, you know, start with adoration. Yeah. You know, right. really let God know that you, um, you know, you're grateful for that relationship. And so so I think, again, that this is it's important for us thinking about that. You might just begin by, um, you know, by paying attention to that prayer. Or another idea is, um, you know, what about some time in maybe solitude and silence? Mm -hmm. I mean, which, again, not everybody's not everybody's good with this and that's okay. It doesn't, yeah. if it's not something you like, that doesn't, don't make yourself do something you find painful. <laughs> um, but the reality is that, and actually I've been doing this lately. I've been starting um, my day with like 15 minutes of just silence. But hmm. the way I use that is I use it as a way of sort of reframing and sort of getting myself hmm. right with God so that I can then face the day with God together yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So not everybody that works. It's not, you know, it might be that it's just a simple prayer or like, you know, we said uh, maybe it's a matter of saying, you know, um, Father, Heavenly Father, three mm. times, you know, um, what what's the thing you're going to do that will sort of get your mind off of all the stuff that's out there and everything else you're worried about, yeah. but get you focused on God? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I felt like one of the things that you said, which was good, was to to give five minutes. Like, don't go short. Don't go, like, yes. dedicate. And I feel like that goes to the heart of it. Um, and I agree. I don't think that if if it's a chore for you to sit still for five minutes, yeah. maybe that's not what God ha would exactly. have you do. Like, <laughs> I agree. And to be honest, this comes from a guy that spent two years journaling and hated every second of it. <laughs> like, But I thought it would be a great discipline. Then finally, after two years, I was like, Lord, you love yeah. me, and I'm not journaling ever again. Yeah. Like, and, I've Don't never... do stuff that's painful. That's not worth it. <laughs> so, but I think that what is important in that is don't just give up. Don't, like it would be yeah. terrible if I you go, okay, it's not journaling. It's not this. It's not, well, I tried everything and I can't do it. Like I would encourage you to keep working at it yeah. and to find yeah. the margin and the time to be able to set aside to try and be disciplined in that, whether it's breathing and just kind of settling your mind and then going to the Lord in prayer, whether it's yeah. saying the Lord's name or, or just saying, okay, here's the five minutes or 10 yeah. minutes or, or whatever that looks like. I think that the important part is practice. Yeah. So Henry Nowen had said this, that um, sometimes when we sit down to pray, um, he said, it's like monkeys jumping around in a yeah, banana tree, right, you know? Right. And I, I thought that's such a great image. And um, I've, you know, Nowen has been a big, I've been a big fan of Nowen for a long time. Yeah. Um, but he also talked about, you know, sort of just bringing yourself to God yeah. allowing God to to hear what you have to say, uh, all that kind of thing. But it might be, again, that your focusing process is just a matter of saying, you know, Heavenly Father three times or whatever yeah. that would be. But but something that gets your 
you know, gets your head sort of where you want it to be when right. you're praying. So, right. so I think that's where spiritual disciplines, I think, come in. They're important. Yeah. Um, but again, not every spiritual discipline is something that we enjoy. So yeah. being able to process and figure out, you know, what disciplines work for you, I think is yeah. really important. Yeah. I feel like for me as an ADD, I have a ton of thoughts. I have a really hard time settling my mind. Right. One of the things that I feel like works for me is that I tend to put on worship music uh, as kind of the the attention grabber. Good. Like, yeah. especially if it's new, like if it's unheard worship music, it just has a way of me being able to hear the words and honestly be able able to focus on God a little bit more. Like you talked about maybe if, if lighting a candle or right, um, right. I forget what the other example that you use, but like, like a flower. Yeah, they, like they a just, focal, some, some point. focal point. Yeah. I feel like mentally music tends to do that for me. That's now that, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be silent ever. There's times where, man, just being silent is... And if I'm being honest, it's usually it's through worship, like through music that yeah, I'm listening sure, to sure. that I kind of quiet my mind. But there's times where it's just turn everything off. And because I don't do it as often, it's like, wow, that was really cool. Yeah, like, that was really yeah, awesome that yeah. God showed up in that moment. And usually that moment's like two minutes tops. Like, right, right. Because cause then I just, it's slowly like an avalanche. It's one thought. And another, then another, then another. And then I'm back at my ADD self. Like, that's just part of the way that God wired me. <laughs> yeah, but see, I think it's good. It's good that you know how God wired you and you yeah. can figure that out. So right. I think I think that's the key, right? So again, not every spiritual discipline is um, good for everybody. It's just a matter of how do we, you know, how do we find the thing that works for us? So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I'm trying to look through uh, if there's any other thoughts. I don't think that there was anything else that I wanted to get to. If there was a question, I know that I had some conversations with some folks this week that I'm not sure if I, I portrayed your question well, but I, I think that we've answered that. But was there anything else additionally that you wanted to share or any thoughts that you've had even since Sunday or uh, anything that was maybe left out of the message? Any, any final thoughts? As no, we... I just, I, it was really nice to be back in person. It was good you to know? have you back too. Yeah, it's been thanks. like a year. So <laughs> it's, it's been a, it's been a while. So. Yeah. So that was really nice. Um, really appreciate that. It was fun. Thanks for meeting me at the screen, you know, yeah. to say goodbye to everybody, all <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. I, I was looking at the C.S. Lewis um, quote mm. and, um, you know, and he says this, maybe this is a good way of summarizing it, mm. you know, that in prayer, we lay before God what is in us, not what we want to be in us. Mm. And I, yeah. I think that's that's, that's a good way to maybe end this. Quote. It's just, you know, how how do we just be, remember again, it's just that authentic time with God. So, yeah. Well, that is, we're going to wrap it up here a little bit early, I think. Oh, look at that, man. We got you like eight extra minutes or something. Woo! So you're welcome. <laughs> um, but we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you so much for joining us. We always want to say, if you have a question regarding this past week, an upcoming week, or even just something that you're walking through that you would like to present here at Overtime, you can email us overtime at clcfamily.church. Um, you can also text us 610-869-2140. Um, if you do watch this live, you can interact with us on one of our four different platforms. That's our website, that's YouTube, that's Facebook, and uh, what's the and Twitch? Sorry, there's four different platforms there, so you can interact with us with that. Got a lot of different things happening within the life of the church, so check those out. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us. We hope that you have a great week, and we will be back over the weekend for week four of Better, and then we'll be back next week for overtime. So thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week, everyone. God bless everybody. Now I just need to turn this off. So this is we're still live. We're okay. <laughs>